We're going to be in Acts chapter 3. We're going to read the first few verses, and then I'd like to just open in prayer real quick, and then we'll kind of get a little context of where we're at in the scripture. But Acts chapter number 3, starting in verse number 1, the Bible says this, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of human effort, rise up and walk. No, that's not, that's not what my Bible says. I'm, I tricked you on that one. He said, uh, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of super hard work, rise up and walk. No, he didn't say that either. He said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand, the right hand, and he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. God, let's pray. Father in heaven, I love you. God, I just ask that you would meet with us this morning. Open up our hearts to the person of Christ working in our life. God, I pray that you would uh, be with anyone here that doesn't know you as their Savior. Maybe knock on their heart's door and just uh, show them their need for salvation. God, for people that do know you, for people that are saved, they're Christians, God, I pray that you would help us to have our eyes open that Christ in us is an awesome, awesome thing, God, and you want to do a work in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, you guys, just to get some context, the setting in, in this scripture of where we're at, just a few weeks prior to Acts chapter 3, Jesus was crucified for the sins of the whole world. Uh, there was crowds in Jerusalem, thousands of people saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. There was Pilate who was saying, I find no fault in him. And yet the, the cries grew louder and louder, crucify him. Jesus had one simple message, John fourteen six. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This was his message. Um, if ye had known me, ye had known my Father. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. And Philip asks, show us the Father. Jesus' reply was simple. He just said, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. In other words, Jesus is God, which is why his blood is so important, right? Jesus is the container that came from God, that held God's blood. Acts 20 and verse 28 says that God purchased the church with his own blood. John 10, verse 17 through 18, 
It says, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. And it was this very thing that Jesus did. He gave himself for us that we might be saved, forgiven of our sin. He rose again from the dead so that we could have an everlasting relationship with him while experiencing, experiencing his resurrected life within. It was in Acts chapter 1 that we find Jesus telling his disciples to go into all the world, right? First in Jerusalem and Judea and to the uttermost parts of the whole world. He wanted them to go to the ends of the earth. After receiving the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, Peter was used of God to preach to the masses, right? There was 3,000 souls that trusted Jesus to save them from their sin. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 41 says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. The church was growing. It had all things in common. I mean, the community of the body of Christ was just awesome. It was thriving. People were selling their possessions. They were bringing stuff to the church house. They were uh, meeting the needs of the new Christians that were coming that had uh, different needs that were being met. They had all things in common. Uh, verse number, or Acts chapter 2, if you're already kind of right there, verse number uh, let's see, where am I at? Verse 46 says, And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Man, talk about a sweet time in, that, in the church. You know, like brand new, God is doing awesome things. The Holy Spirit has come. The Holy Spirit is now indwelling every believer. And the church is growing and people are just getting saved and they're happy. Uh, and you guys remember, all this uh, is done among the same people that are yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And here these Christians are taking a bold stand for Christ, Acts chapter 3 and verse number 1, we read uh, through verse 8. Can you imagine what it was like? People are being saved. People are going into the temple. They're worshiping Jesus Christ. This man who was placed daily at the beautiful gate where many people would pass him had one desire. He had one goal of being placed there. That desire was to receive something. It wasn't a person, Jesus Christ, that he was wanting to receive. It was simply money. It was simply his daily needs that he wanted to be, to be met. And so friends or whoever would come, they would lay him at this gate. And as people would pass by, he would sit there with a cup or something, you know. And uh, sometimes I think of Robin Hood, alms, alms, alms for the poor. You know, I always have that going through my head. But here's this guy sitting at the gate. And this is all he was thinking was about his physical needs, his financial needs. Little did he know that his request was way too small. 
You know, a lot of times, don't we have, we limit God in our small amount of faith. We don't see that God has bigger plans for our life. We don't see that God has big doors to open in our family and in our church. And we think about just the next bill that needs to be paid, but God has so much more in store for this man. Peter and John had no idea that morning, I don't think, that they would cross paths with this man who was laid at the gate. You know, a lot of times, you and I don't know whose life our path will intersect. Uh, We don't know who God is going to put us in contact with. Um, A lot of times, we get frustrated at our circumstances, and we think like, oh, this traffic, I hate traffic in L.A., You know, it wasn't that bad, actually, on our way up here, which we haven't really got into the heart of L.A. yet on our way home. But only two small accidents. Sometimes I've sat, sometimes to get from my house uh, to Southern California, it'll take us six hours. But we have made a record time. We've done it in 13 hours before, trying to figure out, Siri, please take us the best way that you possibly can. But have you ever wondered why your car won't start? Have you ever wondered why you get stuck in this road construction? Have you ever wondered why you've gotten sick? Have you ever asked God, why, why, what's going on in my life? On the other hand, have you ever asked God why your car started? Why you didn't sit in traffic? Probably not. But is it possible that there's a God in heaven that can intersect your path with someone that he wants you to show Christ to? Very possible. Peter and John had no idea that their paths would intersect with this man, but they did. This man asked of them for some money. Peter didn't have any money, But the Bible says in verse number 6 that Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It wasn't so much about what Peter had, but it was all about who Peter had. You see, this is, the, this is the idea of a New Testament Christian. It is not so much what we have. What we have is important. God is interested in the talents and the resources and everything that he's blessed you with. But most importantly, God is concerned about who you have. Christ gave himself for us on the cross so that he could give himself to us, so that he could live his life through us. I think it's so very important why Jesus told the disciples to wait. He said, wait. Wait until you're endued with power from on high. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes and indwells you. And this is when Peter began to preach to the masses. This is when he realized he had something that he could give out. Because if you don't understand that you... Uh, have something, then chances are you won't be giving it out. 
But if you understand who you are in Christ, as Peter did, and we know Peter wasn't perfect. We'll talk about some of that in a little bit. But once he understood who he was in Christ, once he understood that he had the person of Christ living with him who said, hey, I'm, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. As he uh, began to show up to the disciples after he died and resurrected, right? They're sitting in a room. They're talking. All of a sudden, the door doesn't open. The window doesn't crack. And there's Jesus. What was he doing? He was preparing them. He, he wanted them to understand, hey, I'm here. I'm with you. Get used to my presence because I'm going to be in you, walking with you, living through you so that when you go out, when your path intersects someone else, you're not going to be so, so concerned about giving them their next meal, although we should. You're going to be more concerned with giving them the person, Jesus Christ. Listen, I know that uh, if you're like me, you've met people uh, for the very first time and a, a conversation strikes up and inside of my heart, God is knocking on my heart's door saying, just love them, point them to me. Let, me. let me love them through you. Let them see Christ through you. I don't start preaching at them, this verse, this verse, this verse, all the time. You know what I want to do? I want to smile. I want to shake their hand. I want to say, I want them to know, hey, God loves you, man. God has a plan for you. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter that you've been laying at this gate uh, for who knows how long just asking for money. Peter went there with the intention, hey, you know what? I don't have any silver or gold, but I have a person. I have a person. I'm going to show you who Jesus is. Peter, after grabbing this man by the right hand and lifting him up, as he received the ability to walk again, Peter gains an audience, and he capitalizes on the opportunity. Verse number 9, the Bible says, And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which is, was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Now when Peter saw it, verse 12, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why, why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? And then he begins to preach to them, and he says, The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his son Jesus Christ, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses." You see, he wasn't holding back. He was just letting it rip. These same people are the ones that were saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And now Peter allows God to use him in his life, and he points this man to a person, Jesus, and all the people are like, oh man, 
Peter and John are so great. And he's, whoa, why are you looking at us? It's not us. The same Jesus that you put on a cross, the same Jesus that you crucified is the one that healed this man. And he begins to preach to them. And if you look at verse number 16, it says, And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I what that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Look at verse 19. He says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. He told them, number one, who Jesus is. He told them, number two, how they had rejected him. Number three, he told them why their rejection was fatal. Number four, he told them what they needed to believe to change their situation. Isn't it awesome that God was still allowing these people to have a choice to repent? Don't we have such an awesome, patient, gracious God that gives us a chance after a chance after a chance after a chance? And God is saying to these people through Peter, hey, it's not too late. You were on board. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. But hey, it's not too late. You can repent. You can have your sins blotted out. This man was healed in the name of Jesus Christ. They still had a choice. The healing of the lame man offered a teachable moment of God's mercy and God's grace. Look at chapter number four, would you, with me? Verse number one. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Remember 3,000 first got saved? Now we got 5,000 people. Remember the church, the new church, right? Jesus is the uh, cornerstone. And this church, this New Testament church is being built and it's growing and people are selling their things. There is a buzz. There is an excitement. There is an energy about this Jesus that was just walking with them, who they saw crucified. They know he rose again from the dead. He ascended up on high. He has sent the person of the Holy Spirit to live through every single believer. And man, it is an exciting time. 3,000 people got saved. 5,000 people got saved. The same people who only a few weeks before were wanting to crucify him are now Christians. The leaders were trying to suppress the church, as we're reading in chapter 4. They were trying to persecute the church. They were trying to snuff it out. But this threat made little impression as the church kept right on growing by leaps and bounds. In chapter 5, in verse 14, it says the multitudes of, of men and women. Then in chapter 6, it says the church multiplied exceedingly in chapter 6 and verse number 7. 
Look at verse number 8 with me in chapter 4. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The same Peter who only a few weeks prior denied our Lord Jesus Christ three times when a little girl came and said, hey, you're, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? No, no, I, I don't even know. I don't even know that guy. And a little later, by the fire, warming himself. And they said, hey, you're one of him. Your speech sounds like you're, you're one of Jesus' disciples. No, and he's just like, blankety-blank, I don't know that guy. Three times he denied him. Three weeks earlier. What in the world happened to Peter from denying our Lord to all of a sudden preaching to the masses, telling this lame man, Hey, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What in the world is happening to Peter and the church, this New Testament age where Christ lives in us? See, Peter understood the power of the resurrected life that he now possessed. It was real to him. The same thing can happen in our church, in our families. The same thing can happen in, yes, California the same thing can happen today if Christians will understand the power of the Holy Spirit that I have in my life. The life of Christ living in and through every single believer. The same Peter only three weeks ago chose to cower by the sneers of a little girl was now speaking to his master's murderers with boldness. The difference, he knew that Christ was in him wanting to live through him. Peter's message was Jesus plus nothing. Peter's message was Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived, I love this verse because I claim it for myself, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You know what they were saying? The people were like, who are these guys? What in the world is going on? It's just regular Joe Schmo over here. He didn't graduate from the highest uh, academic seminary. He, listen, this verse is saying they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They spent time with Jesus. And now guess what? They understood that Jesus was still with them, guiding them, directing them, living his life through them. And they believed it. It wasn't about the education. It was about simply spending time with the Lord. I know that I'm guilty 
I know that I'm guilty of sometimes putting it on autopilot. I work a, I work a, a secular job. I, I do metal fabrication. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I, got, I have six children. I have a lovely wife. I have issues just like all of you guys have issues. I put my pants on one leg at a time. And life happens to us. And sometimes we forget who Christ is, what he's done for me, that he lives in me, wants to live his life through me, and sometimes we forget. You don't have to be educated. You don't have to go to a seminary or have the entire Bible memorized, but spending time with the risen Jesus will change this world, this community, forever. You know what? Are you like the lame man sitting on the outside of the temple, lost, without hope, without Christ, just trying to meet your needs on a day-to-day basis? If so, the gospel is for the sinner. The gospel is for the sinner. Jesus Christ died. God's son, born of a virgin. God's blood spilt. Sinless blood spilt on my behalf, on your behalf, so that you could be forgiven of your sin once and for all. Have you ever received that free gift? Because you can't achieve it. You have to receive it. It's a free gift. The gospel is also to the saint. Christian, maybe you're not like the layman sitting on the outside of the temple, lost and without hope, but maybe you've received Christ. Maybe you've been saved. Your sins have been forgiven. Listen, Peter understood that the resurrection side of the gospel was for him. That's what changed. Oh man, I I wish I was there. 3,000 people, 5,000 people multiplied. People selling their things. Oh man, we want everybody to hear this. What was the difference? Peter understood the resurrection side of the gospel was for him. Christ died to forgive our sins, but he rose again so that he could give you himself. See, Peter understood that Christ didn't resurrect from the dead and live inside of Peter so that he could get things from Peter. But Peter understood that Christ died for his sins, resurrected from the dead to give himself to Peter. As Peter started to grow in that relationship, you can see the evidence, the fruit of what happened. So maybe you're lost in here this morning. I don't know anybody in here. But would you say to the Lord, you know what, Lord, today I want to I accept that free gift, the salvation. You paid for it for me on the cross. There's nothing I can work for to get that salvation. It is a free gift. See, if it's by works, then it can't be grace. If it's by grace, then it can't be works. And God says, for by grace are ye saved. And then closing with this, Christian, maybe you're, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you, you, like me, say, man, I want what Peter has. Well, guess what? If you're saved, you do. You do have it. You do have it. I do have it. 
It's a matter of allowing Christ to live freely from my life. You know what? The results of the Christian life are up to the Lord. You just have to yield and obey and say, God, I know I'm loved. I know I'm accepted. I know I'm saved. I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm seated in heavenly places. I know I'm righteous. I know I'm justified. I know I'm sanctified. You've made me all these things. Now, God, you have my life. You have my life completely. Will you do something through my life like you did with Peter in my home, at work, in our community, in our church? Christ wants to live his life through you like he did with, pe- like he did with Peter. Will you be like the lame man after he was healed who was rejoicing, praising the Lord in the temple, and others could look at his life and say with confidence, they have been with Jesus. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray. Father in heaven, I love you, Lord. I thank you for the time that I got to come to Grace Baptist Church. God, I pray that you would uh, do a great work here among the believers. If there's anyone here that's not saved, God, I pray that you would knock on their door. Just let them know, God, that you're a gentleman. You're not going to force yourself on them, but you do invite them. You say, come unto me, all you that labor, and I will give you rest. God, I pray that you'd be with the Christians in here, including myself, that we would understand, God, that we are righteous, that we are uh, we have Christ living in us, God. We're complete. There's nothing we have to add uh, to our salvation or to our uh, acceptance. God, you've done that for us, and I pray that you'd help us to love it and embrace it and find out who we really are and that you would receive all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.